I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. Welcome to my podcast where I invite you to join me each week as I shine a light on some of the very best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offer advice to those that want to make in the UK. But before we get on to today's episode, I just want to tell you about an event that I've got coming up. If you're interested in discovering UK manufacturers and British-made brands from the fashion, textiles and homeware sectors, you should definitely come to our trade show, Make It British Live. Taking place on the 29th and 30th of May 2019 at the Business Design Centre in London, we've got over 200 exhibitors inspiring talks just like the ones on this podcast and it's the perfect place to network with others that want to see UK manufacturing thrive. Registration is now open and if you go to mib.live forward slash podcast VIP I've got a special something for you when you register. I hope to see you there and now let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode 52 of the Make It British podcast. So today I'm going to talk about something that has been puzzling me for a while. And that is why do so many UK manufacturers not have great websites? And if you're a manufacturer listening to this, don't take it personally. I actually want this this podcast episode to help you just make a few changes to your website in order to make sure that firstly, it attracts the right sort of customers. And secondly, it helps you to get a lot more business and sell more products. So the reason this has come about today is because I've spoken to a few manufacturers who say to me, I'm always getting the wrong sort of people getting in touch with me. You know, they're asking me to make one thing. And actually, I is it not obvious that I don't make that? Actually, you know, I look at their website and say, no, it's not really that obvious that that's not what you do. And at the same time, I get people contact me saying, I'm looking for a manufacturer. I've been searching on the web. I can't find anyone who is the right sort of thing for what I'm looking for. And that's generally how they end up finding me and then asking me to help them find a manufacturer. Now, I spoke to Adam Robertson from Colopsia Collective on the previous episode, number 51. And before I interviewed him for the podcast, I did a little check on his website, like you always do, like I always do before I'm about to interview someone. And it amazed me how lovely and clear it was to anyone visiting his site thinking about whether they might want to work with him. And that's also what gave me the idea for today's podcast, because I thought, what are the things that a manufacturer should include on their website and also what they shouldn't include in order that they start to attract the right sorts of customers? So firstly, what are the main reasons why, if you are a manufacturer, you need to have a good website. Because you might think, actually, we don't do any business on the web. People want to find us. They know where to find us. And we've always got by before without a website or without an update to our website. And it's absolutely fine. Or the other thing I hear people saying is, yeah, we know we need a new website, 
but it's going to cost us thousands and we haven't got the time. So I'm going to dispel some of those myths and help to solve some of those problems on today's episode. So firstly, why do you need a good website if you're a manufacturer? Well, firstly, no matter what you think, everyone uses the web to search for products and services these days. They don't just use it to search for things they're shopping for, they also use it to find manufacturers. And more often than not, I'm hearing people say that it's the very first place they start when they're looking for a manufacturer, whether that's a small company starting out or a big retailer who has a buyer who's looking for a new supplier for a certain type of products everyone will start start by searching the internet. So you wanna make sure that not only can you be found on the internet when people are looking for the sorts of products that you're making, but also when someone lands on your website, it's really clear exactly what you do. And the other reason that you need a good website is so that when someone does land on your website, they know exactly what it is, whether you can help them or whether you can't. And that way you won't get lots and lots of phone calls from people or those annoying emails that ask you to make something that you can't make. Because if you're really clear on your website as exactly who you can help and who you can't, then you'll get exactly the right source of people contacting you and asking you for your services. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't think this is a problem specific to manufacturers, but it is a general trend that I have noticed. And actually, I come across hundreds and hundreds of manufacturers in what I do at Make It British, and it still surprises me as to how many have got it wrong when it comes to putting a website together. So let me give you some tips. And don't switch off now if you're not a manufacturer, because actually some of these tips are probably very useful, no matter what product or service you're offering on the web. And if there's anything you think I've missed out, I'd love to hear from you as well. So listen to what my list is of what to include and what not to include on a manufacturer's website. And if you are someone who's looking for a manufacturer and you think I've missed something out here, then let me know. Just email me at kate at makeitbritish.co.uk and I'll mention it on a future podcast. So let's go through what are the things that a manufacturer should include on their website to help customers find them and know what they do. So firstly, it is just that, a very clear explanation of what you actually do and make. And that means clear. So no fancy words, no really long technical and and unusual terms that probably you'd only know inside your company. A few technical words are okay if you're a technical type of manufacturer, but think of it as in the person who's searching for it. What sort of words are they going to ask for and how will they describe what it is they need? Perhaps have a look in Google and see what other manufacturers are using. What words are they using to to describe the products and services that they offer? What you need to include is clear descriptions of what the products are that you make. So, A list is is always helpful. Images of those products is helpful too. That could be line drawings of what those products are. A clear description of what those products are and somewhere on your website where it's really easy for people to find them. Even a section that says what we make or what we can make, what we can produce. You'd be surprised how many manufacturers leave that basic fact out. The 
The next thing that's really useful to include is what sort of machinery you have and what it's capable of. I'll get people, for instance, contacting me saying, do you know of a manufacturer who has got a cover stitch machine because I want to make a stretch garment? They might want to make leotards or swimwear or something like that. Although you might want to have, they might want to know if you've got a binding machine, for instance. Include those sorts of details on your website because that's always really useful for someone to get the ideas of what you have and what you haven't got. You might have a buttonhole machine, for instance, not every manufacturer does. So make sure you list that and let people know. The third thing you should always include is any audits or special certifications that your company might have that gives that stamp of approval to say that you are a good manufacturer and that you've got some accreditation. I mean, it goes without saying, really, if you've had an audit that someone's going to want to know but it is really useful. Similarly, if you are a social enterprise or if you're sustainable practices that you have within your manufacturing that you think a customer should want to know about. And more and more, I'm finding that people do want to know, is this manufacturer ethical or sustainable? In fact, I talked all about that on episode 50 of this podcast on what makes a sustainable factory. So listen back to that. And if you think you're a manufacturer and you fit some of those criteria, then mention it on your website because it is something that's really important to people these days, especially when it comes to manufacturing clothing and textiles. You should probably also include a list of either the people that you work with, if you can name the companies, or just the types of people that you work with. So the typical type of customer that you work with. And even if there's certain people that you never want to work with, so you don't want to work with startups, then say so and make that clear. And then you won't get loads of phone calls from startups who want you to make really small quantities if your minimum order is 500 pieces. Another thing that can be really useful is what are your lead times and your minimum order quantities. Now, you don't have to be super specific, but it gives people an idea. So if your minimum order quantities are in the thousands of metres on the fabric you produced, if you list that on your website, you're not going to get people ringing you up asking if you sell fabric by the metre. And therefore, you'll only get inquiries from people who are genuinely interested and able to purchase the products that you make. Another thing you can do to make the process so much easier for both you and the customers likely to want to work with you is detail on your website what you need from them to start out right in the beginning. So do you need them to provide tech packs in order to be able to take your services? Or actually, would you rather that they just sent you a simple sketch or picked up the phone first to have a discussion? Let them know that. And that way, you can both start off the relationship with exactly the right understanding of what each other needs to do right at the start. And finally, another thing that I think it's really good to include on your website is not only pictures of your products, but also pictures of your people and the machinery that you have and the making that happens behind the scenes at your factory or manufacturing unit. So I spoke to a manufacturer the other day and he said, well, I know I need a new website, but the problem is all the people I'm making for, I'm under an NDA with and they're designers and I can't show their products on my website. So, you know, what should I include instead? It's like, well, include behind the scenes. Show the people at the machines, show the people that are making your products. You don't necessarily need to include loads of photographs of fancy goods on a website. 
If I was looking for a garment manufacturer, I'd want to see that they had a factory in the UK and that there was people working in that factory. I wouldn't necessarily need to see catwalk pictures of fancy dresses that, that could be made by anyone. They could be stock images. So show the people behind the factory. Have a page on your website that has the team and shows the members of the team and what everyone does. That will also help someone out if they've never been to a factory to know what's involved. You know, there's a pattern cutter, there's someone who is a garment machinist is someone that's in charge of quality control. Let people know that sort of information. So those are the things I think you should include to have a good website. What should you not include or not do? Well, definitely not lots and lots of technical words and gobbledygook and marketing speak. You don't need any of that sort of stuff. You don't need huge paragraphs of text. Bullet points is sometimes much easier to read for a start. But also, someone landing on your website might not want or understand all the technical words that you're using. If your business needs to have really technical things, maybe have a glossary in there somewhere that explains what those words are. But don't put it in the on the about page with loads of technical words unless you know that the people that you want to work with are the sorts of people that are going to be searching by those sorts of technical terms. The other thing not to include is loads of pictures of the outside of your building and Quite often, manufacturing units are not very interesting looking places. Quite often, they're on industrial estates. Show, pe show pictures of people and products and processes and not just of buildings. You'd be surprised how many manufacturers' websites you go on and you go on their about page and it's a picture of a warehouse on an industrial estate. It's not doesn't make for very interesting or inspiring reading. <laughs> Now, the, thing, the main thing I want people to get from this episode today is not the feeling of overwhelm. Oh, my God, now I know I need to include so many things on a new website, so I'm actually going to do nothing. If you are a manufacturer listening to this and you've been putting off putting that website together that you've been meaning to do for ages, bear this in mind. Sometimes a one-page website is all you need. A one-page with different sections that says, this is who we are, this is what we make, this is who we work with, this is the audits that we have, and this is how to contact us. So I hope you found this episode useful if you are a manufacturer and you've been putting off that task of getting your website sorted, or you've been complaining about getting the wrong sort of calls from people that you never want to work with. And if you have been looking for manufacturers on the web and you've got a good example of a manufacturer who has done a great website explaining what they do, then let me know. I'd love to hear about it and we can show them as an example on the Make It British website. And it is also worth checking back and looking at the website of Colopsia Collective, who I interviewed in episode number 51. And I'll put a link again to that in the show notes here of this podcast. So you've got an example of a good website from a manufacturer. And please don't take this personally. I suddenly thought, gosh, I hope all manufacturers think aren't listening to this and think I'm criticising their websites because there's some really good websites out there. There's the good, the bad and the downright, oh, not so good. <laughs> take care. Have a nice day. Bye. Thank 
Thank you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Tuesday and Friday, plus there's also bonus episodes occasionally. So don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app so that you get notified every time a new episode goes live. And if you enjoyed the show, I would really love it if you left me just a little review on iTunes. The more reviews this podcast receives, the more people will discover it and the more we can spread the word about making in the UK. Thanks once again for listening to the Make It British podcast. Bye bye.